0: The Web 2.0 show is a proud part of the Podvine network. (laughs) Uh, If you're interested in joining the Podvine network, please check it out at podvine.com. Welcome to episode number 31 of the Web 2.0 show, The Drunken Chicken Dance. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Josh Owen.
1: And I'm Chris Saylor. The Web 2.0 show profiles the hottest people and technologies from what we like to call the new web.
0: This week we'll be interviewing Chris Matthew from NumLy.
1: And uh, we actually haven't prepped anything for our uh, listener emails. Shame on us, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that next time. We've
0: gotten many, though.
1: (laughs) I know we have gotten many. Are we going to freeze them in later?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll put that up there with the uh, show notes, right? Yeah, the show notes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That mythical beast. (laughs) I've been too busy uh, helping our uh, hosting customer, Chris Matthew, with his uh, (laughs) 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 website.
0: Right, no. See, it doesn't take that long to help people, because it's just so easy to use SteelPixel. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, uh, is that how you say your name, Chris? Chris Matthew?
2: Yep, Chris Matthews. Like, two first names. Hey, I wanted to thank you guys for being on the show today. Um love the podcast, and uh, I do love your hosting. Yeah? Chris, you're doing a good job. Yeah, oh, and,
0: and I guess we've disclosed here, Chris is a hosting customer with us for some of his products, so want to be up front about that. And uh, if you host with us, you too might be able to get on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have a cool product first. (laughs) So, let's see, we'll dive right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris, uh, where you're from, and I guess uh, how you got started with uh, Numly.
2: Hey, sounds good, guys. Um, I I am in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've been in the, the technology industry for a long time. Uh, kind of a veteran, been through the whole Web um, 1.0 dynamic build-up and and, uh, blow-up, if you will. And um, I've held jobs like uh, director of technology positions at two lotteries. Um, I've also uh, been a vice president for a rebate and sweepstakes fulfillment company. Um, I got my start right out of college with Anderson Consulting. Now they're Accenture. And... um, I also had a uh, a company I built uh, back in the 1.0 days called GetVocal.com, which was a a telephony voice portal type company, and um, ended up selling that company right at the uh, decline. And uh, by day today, I am uh, uh, responsible for the internet technology at a billion dollar company, and by night. I am the CEO and president and founder and programmer, and marketeer of Numly Inc.
1: Now you mentioned you work for lotteries. Are those like the emails you get saying, "Please uh, send us your bank account number and we'll deposit money"? The <laughs> international lottery?
2: <laughs> no, these were real state lotteries in the United States. So, uh, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> the real these, thing. These are the legitimate <laughs> lotteries. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just got like two hundred grand from one of those over in Nigeria. It's it's on the way right now.
1: Hey, actually cool. oddly enough, I just cool. shut one of those I actually just shut one of those down today, as a matter of fact.
2: <laughs> Great. What are you gonna do with still Pixel after you cash that check? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna get lots of servers.
2: <laughs> Good. I, being a hosting customer, I like the sound of that.
0: <laughs> so uh, you run several web 2.0 sites. Uh, Looks like it kind of all started with Numly. I, I guess tell us a little bit about what Numly is and, and uh, how people use it.
2: Yeah, um, I'd be happy to. Numly is uh, what I call a next generation copyright company. Um, it also, so it, not only can you get your copyrights through Numly.com, but you can also assign uh, digital rights information of anything that's that's digital uh, that you have and sort of like this podcast or of uh, ebooks or um, blogs if you will or even um, uh, artwork you can register that work uh, with numly and in return you get a numly number that verifies uh, your registration with us and you by by getting the numly number and having your your works Registered at numly, you now have take, can take advantage of a, a non repudiation type third party factor of proving that you developed something or wrote something at a certain date and time. Does that make sense?
1: Now this is this is along the lines of like mailing yourself, you know, like an idea or a document and getting the government to actually like put a date on it.
2: Yeah, like, except we, yes, but there's a, a fallacy with that. That that. Process is called the poor man's copyright, uh-huh. and there's all sorts of tricks to like mail yourself blank letters, um. <laughs> and when they come back, you can stuff anything you want inside of them, <laughs> and and open them in front of the court, and well, they're they're, they're totally disputable. Um, with Numly, what what happens is if you uh, upload content to us, say an image or your podcast uh, mm-hmm. or an ebook what happens is Numly creates a digital fingerprint of that work of art and stores that off into our databases and gives you the Numbly number for verification purposes. If ever anyone wants to find out who the license holder is or the copyright holder of that work, if they find it on the Internet, say, say you, your designer creates a really cool image um, and you register that with Numbly, someone else finds that image and wants to contact you to find out uh, if they had, could buy it from you or have the rights to use it by uploading it back in the it regenerates the um, the digital fingerprint and tells you that it's owned by the Web 2.0 show guys, and it allows you to get in, them to get in touch with you, and and uh, it has that timestamp on there to prove that you were the original submitter of that uh, document or, or image before someone else.
1: Now, well, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that is, that's assuming that it's the exact same file. Is that correct? I assume you're doing some, some sort of checksum on the file.
2: That is correct. If you change just one little bit in that file changes, the digital signatures will not match, which would mean you'd have to re-register that, that uh, image with Numly as well. So what, what it, it provides you is, is if you needed to use that as proof, you would archive your original copy, and then you can verify it up against Numbly at any time to show that this was the exact digital asset that was um, registered on a certain date and time. Cool. Um, you know What's interesting is that um, in the U.S. laws, by any way, is that um, any time you write or, or create a work of art, it's considered copyrighted. So you don't actually have to submit your works to copyright.gov or Numly or, or any other means, um, but the problem is, is if you're trying to prove that you created that work a certain date and time before somebody else who's also saying they wrote it as well, Numly creates that third-party non-repudiation factor that allows you to say, well, here's the date and time. You know, I can prove that I submitted it. Where's yours?
1: Now, have you actually had to to prove this in a court of law yet? I mean, has it been we,
2: tested? We haven't. Um, I know I, I trade a lot of emails with Larry Lessig, the uh, founder of Creative Commons, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to get into uh, some of the reasons why we created Voucher and some of these other ideas but um, uh, later in the show. But uh, we, be- we believe that we've been building the right um, – uh, factors into the authentication, the digital fingerprinting, the, the um, verification of you are who you say you are, and you own this content, this copyright, therefore normally can vouch at least from a timestamp and a and a, a work of art without a doubt was what you submitted. Now, it's really up to you to prove in a court of law that you didn't steal it from somebody else. I mean, we can prove when you submitted it, uh, as a, to a registrar, yeah. But I, I think that's, that's going to be a telling time. I, I think if ever we, we have the opportunity to um, uh, defend someone's work and, and if, if, if we can prove that we've taken all the uh, legal um, positions to prove that that document is, in fact, authentic, um, I, I think this would be a turning point in history for copyright. You know, United States is the only country that has an actual copyright office. Um, the rest of the the countries work off of the Berne Agreement and um, just agree that the uh, copyrights written at that are created at the time of uh, writing or composing.
0: So, have you have you ever thought about approaching someone like Flickr to integrate something like normally right into their upload process, where you fingerprint it and then it gets posted to Flickr?
2: Um, We haven't contacted Flickr, but um, right before Google's acquisition of Rightly, we were in uh, a lot of discussions with Rightly on, um, you know, as people create documents through their service that they could choose to have it automatically um, registered with Numly. And uh, once they got consumed, um, we kind of lost track of them. We also talked with the uh, Zoho uh, folks, with the Zoho writer and and various... um, digital assets that they help create and uh, you know at the point we were talking with them they were quite heads down on the product so I think that's what we've been finding with most of the web 2.0 companies is that they're so focused getting their pro- products out the door it's um... they haven't had time to focus on the ancillary hooks however um... has got all the api's uh... needed to uh... easily integrate with and and in fact um... There was a, a WordPress plugin uh, written uh, probably about six months ago by a gentleman named Cal Evans, and um, he just used our API, created a WordPress plugin. Now, uh, anytime people that host their own WordPress uh, blogs uh, create a, an art a, a post, it automatically gets a Numly number, registers the metadata with us, and embeds the Numly number right into their uh, blog posting. So. It's flexible enough to allow that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think if I had to point out a weak spot, it would be um, the time you know, necessary to market your products you know, and to get them out to, to the masses. That's a, a, what I find quite challenging. Hmm. So
1: now, have you? Oh, I was going to say, do you know of anybody... Um, you know, There's a lot of RSS thieves out there you know, stealing content and trying to make a bug off of AdSense by gaming Google. Mm-hmm. Um, have you known of anybody to use your product actually um, to defend against that
2: um, you know what 's interesting um, i I work really closely with uh, Jonathan Bailey who's with um, plagiarismtoday.com. Mm-hmm. he 's the founder of that site and uh, he's he 's really a, um, an advocate fighting plagiarism kind of like a one man army um, and he noticed that in the blogging uh, when, when content gets picked up with numly numbers. Well, maybe after they hear this podcast, things will change. but they, they typically don't strip out the numly number from the content. Um, they're, not, they're not aware of numly numbers. So what's interesting is that when someone's content does get slogged, um, nine times out of 10 the numly number still exists in there and it's very simple to come back to numly and type in the numly number and verify whose content it is. So I, I think if anything, it it helps prove that uh, someone's lifted your content, and this in fact is yours.
1: Yeah, most of those people actually aren't. I mean, all they're doing is scraping RSS. So they really they really don't even care. Yeah,
0: they just yeah. strip stuff off. Now, have you had anyone use uh, Numly for something like a, a piece of code, like you know C code or Rails code, or uh, or even something that might fall under the GPL and get a Numly number for it? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Um, I've seen uh, one guy at uh, one of the universities was using Numly uh, to register his web services and create like a service-oriented architecture around Numly IDs. Um, I also saw um, well on, the, on one of Twit's um, broadcasts, this was, gosh, probably nine months ago, six, nine months ago, Nine months. Uh, Leo Laporte was talking about um, using uh, Numly numbers for the GUID inside of your the podcast feeds um, and the RSS feeds as a unique identifier across the web. So I mean, it's it's got you know. And I, there's a, another gentleman that just signed up that uh, has copyrighted all of his websites and images. He has a bunch of uh, uh, medieval swords that he uh, draws up, and each image uh, gets an anomaly number assigned to it, and then collectively the entire site um, gets an anomaly number uh, associated with the zip file of the site to improve uh, copyright as well. So uh, the uses are... are uh, I, I learned of new uses that I would have never even thought about on, on a daily basis that people use these for. Um, you, you know... And the important thing to, to mention too is that any digital file can be uh, can get a numly number associated with it. So it doesn't have to be you know the things we've mentioned today. I mean even even a chat conversation, if you will, that you've had uh, on IAM or something, you can copy and paste that and submit that to Numly or uh, a zip file, like we mentioned earlier. Basically anything. Interesting. Cool.
1: So, uh, anything else you wanted to add about Numly?
2: Well, yeah. Um, what, what was interesting? Um, we the idea came around about two thousand and four, but uh, didn't have the bandwidth to take it on. But uh, almost a year ago, it was Christmas uh, two thousand and five. Seems like every time I take a vacation from work, I get uh, antsy. I love to program, and a new a new uh, website comes out of it. Um, but when we first launched, we were called ESBN.org. dot um, and then we we received uh, a bunch of cease and desist filings from the ISBN folks, and um, that's what got us our name changed to Numley. So, folks out there listening, if you've heard of ISBN.org, that was uh, that's that's us. It, it was the original uh, foundings of us, and the concept behind that it, it's it's actually brilliant. We're still doing the same works just under the numly name. Is that you know if every book that you pick up or a DVD that has an ISBN number we decided that through Numly, since you can assign rights of a work to somebody and, and assign a new number to each copy of that work, that the the, the traditional um, paper world is not equipped to handle the, the movement into digital, where everyone's creating their own content. Um, that basically, if you create an ebook, every copy that you distribute of that ebook, you could assign a different Numly number to it, um, and create the licensing so that i could say josh owens now owns a copy of this ebook and here's the copyright that it's filed under creative commons or all rights reserved and um... that basically gives you the rights to that that copy whereas it basically creates something tangible that in the future if you wanted to sell that to somebody else you know you could basically transfer those rights to somebody else as well and um, the ISBNs of today just don't handle that. You have one number for, you know, 100,000 books, and with this mindset, you basically would have 100,000 numbers that you could potentially assign to that work.
1: Huh. What comes to my mind is um, 37 Signals, when they released their PDF, they had two different licensing schemes, a personal use and then, uh, then like, a corporate use that would allow multiple people to, to, to read it.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, if you took it one step further... And basically, at, at the time that someone pays to buy that book online, they could call the Numly API, pass it the metadata of the, the person's name, who they're issuing the license to, and which copyright it is, and then the Numly number just gets returned as part of the, the web service call, and then they could embed that with the book and allow it for download dynamically. And I think in the, in the days of self-publishing, kind of where we're going here with this whole Web 2 subcreation self-creation, uh, uh, world, I, I think that this is a very important step into the next, uh, generation of copywriting and, uh, digital rights assignments.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's actually really cool stuff. I know a lot of people don't, don't really give much thought to copyright as they're, you know, they're creating their content, but, um. It, it really is something that you know people should be thinking about.
0: Yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't like to plan for worst case scenario and think they might have to defend the copyright someday, but you never know. Heavy mm-hmm. stuff. So tell us tell us about Dockley and uh Rapley.
2: <laughs> Dockley and Rapley. Um might be more appropriate to talk about Dockley and Tagley and then we'll come back and talk talk about Rapley. Okay. Um All right. All these domains in without why they kind of get confusing. But what I, what I started thinking about was the the, the primary business of Numly is registering Numly numbers, getting getting works assigned and and um, recorded. And a lot of people didn't understand how to use Numly um, because it's more of kind of an API type tool that uh, you know we were hoping that third party companies would start hooking to and and uh, expand that way. Um, so. So uh, with Rightly on the move and Zoho Writer and kind of the trend to online word processors, um, I think this was like a one or two weekend project. I built Docly.com and um, made it so the so the way that as you edit documents, um, you can come back and share and edit and tag and until you publish. Once you publish that document. It basically does all that API work for you. So it fetches a, it it registers your metadata associated with your Docly document with Numly, returns a Numly number, embeds it into your document, and then it it allows you to either freely distribute it uh, via Docly or it allows you to sell your your Docly document on Docly as well. And each copy that's sold, like the 37 signals idea we were just talking about, they generate additional numly numbers associated with each Dockly document. Okay, so um, it, it, it was a tool, and Tagly is the same way. They're tools to help people create um, numbers assignment and get that information into numley and back out quickly. Tagly was a, a similar idea, but in the real world, um, kind of like inventory management, like if you're... Um, you know, for home insurance purposes, if you're going through and cataloging your computer and various things, or you work for a company that you want to put property control stickers on your your um, your hardware, you could potentially register that that camera you have or that computer you have with Tagly and it in return gets that number into Numly, gets you an identifier back that you could then put on a sticker onto your um, your physical asset. So. Stockley and Tagley were more tools built to help facilitate anomaly number uh, usage, and generation.
1: No, oh, that's that's really interesting. Um, there's actually a, there's a similar service. Um, I forget what it's called. It came with Palm Pilots a long time ago, where you put a sticker with an identification code, and you can register that online. It's like StuffBack or something like that.
2: I, th- I think very similar idea. Um, you know. Brainstorming what you could use Tagly for. I mean, if, since it's real-world items, um, if your, your if your item got stolen and basically ended up at a pawn shop or something, um, mm-hmm. on the Tagly property control number, if it still existed on your merchandise, um, the pawn store owner could actually go to Tagly.com, type in the number, and pull up all of the owner's original information. So basically, it's a worldwide. Um, uh, dictionary, if you will, of uh, asset control tags and who's the owner of them. Hmm. Make and, sure you know, you, like
1: uh, hide it on the inside of the product so that they so they're not looking for it.
2: <laughs> you know that's true too, and I, I think that's missing too. Is even in the real world there isn't like a, a universal electronic serial number database anywhere? And um, so originally we started thinking numbering numbers were primarily for digital assets and copywriting, and then you know, the more we started hearing what people were using them for, just basically number generation and uh, a central storage point for numbers and, and assets, um, it, it just made perfect sense that this thing is uh, really open and universal. It, it kind of makes us think that we're just basically an, an electronic serial number registrar. Mm-hmm. Basically submit anything you you, know, you need and we'll get you a number and we have the verification and, and uh, other mechanisms to Prove it is what you say it is.
1: Huh, cool. So, um, so what's the what's the other product, Rapley?
2: The Rapley, yeah, Rapley is uh, basically mm-hmm. a, a, a web two group chat uh, mechanism, and what we were trying to do is create more uh, social networking uh, concepts around. Um, the Docly products and the Tagly products, and maybe allow authors to uh, chat with their audience. So, as they're even writing maybe a novel in, in Docly, they could chat with their reader base um, based on a page. Um, there, there's a, a few other um, uh, Web 2.0 companies that do something similar. Um, and back in the day, the 1.0 day, I had another startup called MayWeHelp.com. It's still around, but I was able to repurpose all of that one to one chat technology into Rapley in about uh, a weekend. So I figured why not, um, with just some goofing around, deliver something that actually had some robust uh, capabilities and um, integration points into my other uh, products. Uh, Now, another one that's not on the list is Tably. That that was just launched, um, I think it was uh, over uh, the Halloween, I think, uh, break there. I... uh, it's a web-based sticky note. So if if you go to tably.com/slash, say uh, web2o.show.com, uh, it allows people to put sticky notes on whatever the um, the trailing uh, domain is, and um, people can subscribe to feeds on on by a user or from a site. So it, it, it's another interesting way that I think we'll be able to tie that into. Uh, anomaly numbers down the road, too. So it's kind of an interesting um, gadget, if you will. So when do you sleep? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm I'm lucky. I think I I burn about six hours of sleep a night, and um, I'm fortunate enough to have a a very supportive wife and family. You know, I'm able to spend time with with everyone during the day, and when everyone goes to their caves (laughs) on the other side of the house, I I, um, I program for uh, relaxation, so... (laughs) <laughs> it kind of sounds odd, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Speaking of which, what what um, what language did you program all these sites in? Well,
2: you know, all of the ones we've talked about so far have been in uh, Microsoft uh, Classic ASP and .NET Technologies. Ah. And um, so, when I heard your your show with David uh, Hennemeyer Hansen and uh, the Ruby on Rails um, uh, product and concepts, it was around that same time I saw... Uh, a Linux magazine had a, a big write-up on Ruby on Rails, and it was so intriguing, I went out and I bought uh, five or six books on Ruby on Rails, Ruby and, Ruby and Rails, and um, I put together that Voucher product, which I know is next on the list, Um <laughs> All, all using the Ruby on Rails. It was, it was kind of rudimentary. It only had one controller. I was just learning how, to, how to uh, deploy, a, or how to build a Ruby on Rails app, much less deploy it. Um, and now I am. I don't want to write on anything else. I am, I'm completely converted to Ruby on Rails. Um, I've got my Power Mac here, and everything just, just seems to work really well. Um, so I mean that I, I'm completely converted. I my, my development team during the day I have about 18 developers and they're all building on uh, .NET technologies today. And I am just the, the evangelist for Ruby. And I know a lot of people are perking up and they're trying to learn more about it. And um, I I see a huge future in, in a shift of developers to this new uh, uh, language because I being a developer I think since I was 12 and I'm now almost 40. I've been coding for a long, long time, and I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of everything Microsoft.
1: Yeah. Well, it looks like I mean, it looks like you were quite prolific with uh, ASP.NET. So when I mean, you cranked out all those other sites, um, how long? I mean, how was it compared to to doing voucher then?
2: Well, you know, the other sites, you know, if you're a programmer for a while, you kind of build a little bag of tricks. So you mm-hmm. you kind of have a code that you can copy and paste and deploy and um, what was interesting is when I built, I built Dockly, I think, in about two weekends, um, when I needed to, to build Tagly, it was literally about a four-hour project building with even with the Microsoft stuff, because you know, I built it in such a way where I could reuse most of um, my uh, uh, components. But, you know, with Ruby on Rails, you know, it, it was a big jump to get into the new language, because you're kind of rebuilding your toolkits from scratch, and that was kind of a little leery, but it was a fun, exciting project. But you know what? Um, after I got voucher behind me, you know, deployment wasn 't all the whole issue. I was just completely confused with how do you deploy Ruby <laughs> and Rails app and you guys were like superheroes, sure you know talk <laughs> about me not sleeping. you guys were up every time I am Jen. Uh, I owe the complete you know success around voucher uh, to date you know for you guys helping me with its deployment, but uh, That was definitely the project. I cut my teeth on it, and um, every project I'm doing going forward is going to be on Ruby on Rails, and um, uh, we'll be using your hosting as well. So I I appreciate all your help, and I've learned a a ton from um, you guys on on building and deploying, basically, these applications.
0: So, thank you. Let's, uh, Let's get into what Voucher does.
2: Uh, Voucher, it was actually a, an idea um, from a discussion I was having with Creative Commons. Um, we were talking that, uh, that you know, basically anyone can create a user ID, um, upload some documents to Numly, and get a registration. But you, know, you were asking me about will that stand up in a court of law. Um, Larry Lessig was thinking that um, unless you can actually prove someone's identity of who that copyright physically belongs to rather than a user ID, that you'd, you'd have a better chance if you could prove their identity. So um, we started co- talking about uh, credit card maybe ideas that as you, uh, when you register, maybe you could run your credit card through and we could just do a verification of who whose name is on that credit card. But then you know, the whole discussion got around, well, what if you have a stolen credit card? I mean, it just wasn't, uh, I think, a, a really... Uh, solid solution, and then it, it it dawned on me that if you had a service, you take this whole Web two idea in mind. If you had a service of uh, or uh, an army of uh, people that you know, once they become vouched, like their identity is is vouched, that you know they go to a um, a notary or something, and and they they present their driver's license and another form of ID and they've signed their their voucher uh, information, if their identity is proven and logged on Voucher, then now I've got an account on Voucher that I can connect to the account on Numly, and that solves the identification purpose of of Numly. But that was the original intent of Voucher. But um, once people started signing up for Voucher, realizing that the web today for the most part, it's an anonymous type of a, a medium. But there are certain things that, uh, like, say, voting. Say if we were ever ever able to vote online, you need some way of proving you are who you say you are and only be allowed to do a certain activity one time. And there really isn't a mechanism that does that today. So um, we started learning that Voucher really kind of has its own track for um, uh, success and its own opportunities of... Um, of real-world identities combined online. And, um, and that. It, it, another interesting thing is that once you get a few of these folks that are already vouched, they can turn around and vouch other people. So um, kind of like the um, CA Cert Project. Are you guys familiar with that one, with the uh, SSL certificates?
1: I'm familiar with SSL certificates, yeah.
2: There's a a CACert.org that does something really similar to what uh, Voucher is doing, that once you get um, your identities uh, certified, you can start helping verify other people's identities and then basically vouch for them. So that's the concept around vouchers. that the more Voucher's that that people that have been already vouched become in existence, they can in turn vouch for other people, and uh, hopefully we'll get an identity system uh, built out that, that in the future will be um, uh, very important for other online activity that requires your that your identity be recognized.
0: It feels almost like reinventing the wheel. Why why do something like voucher when you have something like Open ID?
2: Well, to my knowledge, Open ID um, basically handles your credentials so that your same credentials work across multiple sites, right? Um, voucher actually beyond credentials in fact it doesn't even track credentials today it 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 proves your identity that you that um, that I am really Chris Matthew um, that's signing up for the service rather than um, my credentials are saying those credentials are, are authentic you know what I'm saying
0: yeah, I, th- it's I thought they had something in OpenID that uh, accounted for, you know, you can give them as much information as you want. Obviously, the more you give them, the more they can uh, verify your identity. But uh, yeah, OpenID sure.
1: doesn't actually verify a real, uh, you know, verify in the meat space, though, right?
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should have looked at that more.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I looked at OpenID too in the past because I was looking for any solution I could find that that would allow me to prove that you know Chris Matthew is really who he say, who he says he is. And um, I looked at OpenID, and, and um, it didn't seem like it. It actually verified the person. It verified an account.
1: Yeah, it's it's basically it's only for digital. You know, digital identities, you know, yeah. single sign-on sort of thing, but right. you you actually tie to tie the two, to, if you could tie the two together, then you could actually have a have a digital login to websites that where you actually know the, know who the person is. You can vouch for the person. Maybe kind of an interesting idea.
2: Uh, I, th- I think so. I think there's a I I haven't focused on voucher near enough. I I, meant I solved the um, the numly uh, issue that I originally set out to do, and and I haven't even tapped. I think we have even gotten Numly out there to where um, it's 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 even showing its potential, and I think, like you said too, attaching or, or complementing other single sign-on solutions with identity is would be a huge opportunity.
1: Now, is um, have you integrated Voucher into um, into Numly yet, or have you yes nice
2: to Yep. Um, if if you have a, if you've been vouched and um, any work that you do on Numly or Docly or Tagly, you actually get a special little certified Numly certified um, logo uh, next to your your uh, your picture. So you know you know I've had some interesting uh, like eBay buying experiences and stuff like that, and without knowing. Who someone really was, I was leery to um, move forward with a couple of deals. And you know, I think if someone can get vouched and you you have some type of uh, person associated with you know, if if you don't, if the deal goes south, you know, I, I think there's a, a whole nother, uh reputation and trust factor behind that. And and I think even with the Dockley and and Numley is that you know you you know who that person is. That's the author of of that um, that that work or artist of that work,
1: yeah, eBay's pretty much a wasteland as far as I'm concerned. I haven't bothered <laughs> to use it
2: <laughs> well, I know um
0: a company we worked with buysafe on another project they uh they do something similar where they have bonded sellers and uh, you know they they guarantee that the sale will happen uh, and you know it's all backed up by insurance and all that so. Yeah, Certainly, be, some interesting ideas in the eBay space.
1: Yeah, that'd be the only way I'd ever use eBay again, because you know, people suck. <laughs> 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 I mean, you, you, Josh, you just had an experience where, um, yeah, you know, some guys so like,
0: hey, send, uh, I'll buy that off you. You send it to Nigeria, and uh, <laughs> the deal will be done. <laughs> like, yeah, no, right? <laughs> My it's auction kind of said like, U.S. only.
2: <laughs> it's like Chris's lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: I have to shut that crap down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: because you work for Spam. <laughs> so, what, what kind of uh, user base do you see on all your products? I mean, do you, are you seeing a lot of growth in, in people uh, starting to use things like uh, Numly and Voucher and Dockly?
2: Yeah, you know, um, they're, they're not anywhere near where... I would hope they would have been by now. Um, I think a lot of that's just the uh, the lack of um, being able to get the word out. Um, it's it's not uh, like Numly isn't a service that you've got a bunch of uh, other uh, Web two point clones uh, doing. So it's not something that's easy to describe as as we found out tonight uh, what it does. But um, we we have seen growth. It's up to almost two thousand registered users on Numly dot com. Mm. And uh, it's it's quickly approaching eight thousand Numly numbers that have been registered to date. So I mean, for a, a company that's um, uh, eleven months old, and you know that we and having gone through a cease and desist and having to change its name, mm-hmm. uh, and having you know a total bootstrap budget, I, I think um, the total cost of um, of additional capital has been like maybe $2,500 um, in fees. I, I'm quite proud of uh, and happy with where the uh, registration base is today. And hopefully after your show airs, we'll, we'll get a, a bunch more um, people signing up. So, And I think once they sign up, they start realizing what all they can use you know, those numbers for.
1: I'd recommend. I like the idea of the WordPress plugin. I would find every major publishing platform and make sure there is plugins, plugins for it. You know, Typo, Mephisto, Movable Type. Uh, just make make it easy for people to use.
2: You're you're absolutely right. We've had a lot of people asking for uh, Movable Type, and it's just a matter of sitting down with each one of those products' APIs. They're all different, and um, just stamping out one one. Uh, um, one hook for each. You know, I, I forgot to mention um, there are two other ways of getting numly numbers besides coming to the site and besides the uh, WordPress plugin. Um, if you guys are using uh, Apple's uh, uh, Macs, um, mm-hmm. we have a widget, a dashboard widget that you can just F12 and um, enter your information right into the widget and immediately get a numly number back. Um, we also have a Firefox extension. Um, and recently uh, released the the 2.0 upgraded uh, extension as well. So uh, that's what I find myself using quite a bit. is just the Firefox extension because um, at work I use a Windows machine and at home I use a Mac, and I've always got access to you know to a number if necessary. But you're right; the easier you can make it to to create normally number numbers automatically, that I think the more widely it'll spread, and you know the WordPress. Um, audience seemed to really notice that
1: well seriously this is how easy it is I actually just installed the uh the Apple widget <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey that's, I love that you
0: Leo LeFord, <laughs> using my
2: product right on the show unilaterally
1: <laughs> yeah normally Apple widget and Google pretty much uh, does the trick awesome god I love Apple everything's just so easy so
0: you've you've got like five products no six products now and uh Uh, You've you've got a reasonable user base. How do you decide how to split the time between the products? I mean, do you get feature requests? How do you prioritize one product over another?
2: Yeah, we we have a lot of uh, feature requests coming in, and um, we have been very true to the user base, the Numbly user base. So um, really, the the product is their product. I mean, when I stop and I look at what it looked like uh, 11 months ago compared to now, um, it is basically night and day, and um, we've got a handful of um, very faithful uh, audience uh, subscribers, and um, we we continue to try to knock out their features. Um, once the, the the bulk of the features are um, up, you know they they seem to come in waves. You know it's like you you'll make a bunch of enhancements, you get it out in the wild, and uh, a week or two goes by, and you don't hear anything, or you hear little bitty things, and uh, so it seems like um, a couple of times a month I'm doing some some major numly enhancements, and then the rest of the time I, that's where I get in trouble with all these six domains. Now, you know, is that I'll find uh, something that interests me, and you know, like I said lately, it's been Ruby and Rails, and I'll tackle a uh, a new um, idea around Ruby. And um, I've just been having fun learning that language that I've been just basically developing for fun and. I think lately I've been a little bit distracted from um, some of the Microsoft development because of the fun with uh, Ruby. So that's, maybe that's a bad thing.
1: No. Well, Any time spent against Ruby is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Always. Ruby's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Carson recently uh, decided to sell off DropSend to focus on Hey Amigo, their, their latest project. Do you think that having these six products limits the amount of innovation you can kind of do with each one, or I mean, how do you? I don't. I guess how do you plan to ramp that up, or are you just going to keep going slow and steady? Or
2: no, it's a good question. I I think slow and steady is the answer. I I think um, something you know, a concept of normally is such a, a, a different concept in the market. That it probably will take some time for adoption, but you know, kind of like the Library of Congress. I mean, once you start getting lots of people using it, um, you know, the philosophy of Web 2.0 is your data becomes very, very, very valuable, and that's what I'm hoping um, I, I experience with uh, the numly growth. Um, I I think that that most of the products, not all, but most of the products seem to complement. Um, themselves. So we talked about the and Tagley. Um, the whole purpose of those two sites are making it easier for people to um, generate numly numbers. So I think the more I can do, you know, like Chris's suggestion too with the plugins, um, the more I can do to to um, make it easier for people to get numly numbers. The more successful the company will be. So. I, d- I don't necessarily look at uh, Tagli or Dockley or, or some of those related um, solutions as, as being too much of a distractor uh, yet. I can see if I got ten of those ideas, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be buried. But um, I think right now they're complementing each other.
1: Cool. Well, if anybody can pull off all those plugins, I'm sure you can in the <laughs> next couple of days. <laughs> For sure. Well, I expect those by Sunday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can I write them in Ruby? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. That's a question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> be like Joel Spulski, and you can uh, write some JavaScript wrappers and make your own language. <laughs>
2: yeah. hey, well, hey, here's a call to the, your audience. If anyone uh, is proficient at uh, typo or um, uh, removable type, mov- movable type, how about that? Hey, grab that domain real quick. <laughs> uh, We'd um, like
0: to remove movable type from our server.
1: Oh, I know. It's causing us... <laughs> All sorts of pain.
2: I hate CGIs. <laughs> hey, so, if there is any any developers out there that can help me with these APIs, uh, adding this to to those engines, um, please send me an email, Chris at numly.com. Um, I'll send you information on the Numly API, and um, I think it's a community thing would help me drastically. For sure. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
0: normally I would ask if you have any. Super secret projects you're working on, but you actually just released one like I don't know a week or two ago. Uh, Chugged. Tell us a
2: little bit about that one. <laughs> yeah, you you guys are have the inside scoop being my hosting provider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about me being a little distracted on Ruby on Rails projects. Well, um, this one's my biggest one yet. So, uh, uh, Chugged dot com. <laughs> um. For all all folks that are, are uh, have a taste for beer and they're, they're uh, they enjoy uh, tasting beer, um, chugged is the alternative to the wine drinkers corked. How about that? Nice. It's a good <laughs> explanation. <laughs> uh, so if have, anyone's familiar with corked um, and, and uh, reviewing uh, wines, come visit chugged. Uh, you'll get a kick. It's c h u g d dot com, and. Um, it's got all the little uh, Web 2.0 social networking hooks uh, around uh, rating beers, uh, reviewing beers, creating events, uh, identifying places where you can get good beer. Um, and uh, more importantly, there's there's uh, some, a game. Here, let me see. Let me pull the site up here real quick. Um, there's a game we call the, the Chicken Dance Chug-A-Lug. Hang on. <laughs>
1: Actually, I have my uh, my, uh,
2: Here it is. Can you guys hear that? (laughs) If you've got a brewski in front of you, pick it up and join me. (laughs) (laughs) I promise that's all there is. (laughs)
1: getting disturbed. Uh, <laughs> I think we've officially jumped the shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so as you're surfing, Chug, keep that in mind, that this song randomly comes on during your surfing experience. And, oh, no. <laughs> and that's part of the, the fun of the site. You are supposed to pick up your beer and chug. <laughs> All <right? laughs>
0: we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so I've got to ask, did you... Um, did you program this against Edge Rails, the the I guess the beta version? What will become Rails one point two?
2: Uh, no, I'm using the the commercial uh, release of Rails. Um, the
0: one point one point six.
2: Yep, and um, I have found that being a very stable platform. Um, I I I really went wild on this one. I think I must have eight controllers you know, <laughs> compared to my one controller with voucher and. Um, <laughs> I have a, a plug-in. I have an access taggable plugin from uh, Techno Weenie, I believe. Nice. And um, so I'm, I'm 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 getting wild here, man. You can upload <laughs> beer goggle party video photos and stuff oh, to Chubb and, oh my. and uh, you know all this is Ruby on Rails. And, and honestly, I mean here here is how easy this is a Microsoft developer. You know, just from from book uh, reading sessions. Uh, I built Chugged in about three weekends and, uh, a few evenings in between. And, um, if you get a chance to look at it, it's got RSS uh, feeds, you've got buddies, you can, um, view all the Chuggers online and select Chuggers to be buddies. And anytime a buddy adds a beer or reviews a beer or adds an event, you get RSS feeds of all of this social networking goodness, um... And this is just, you know, a, a three-weekend project. It, it is unbelievable.
0: I don't I don't want to burst your bubble too much here, but actually, uh, as a person who's developed APIs before, maybe you'll appreciate this. Um, with the next version of Rails, they'll actually, it, it's restful, so you get your API baked right into it. It's actually pretty slick.
2: Yeah, that is slick. You know, I was was reading, it it, it seems even with the current version, you are able to to delineate whether or not it's got uh, markup or XML behind your same database content. So, I mean, I can only imagine what the next version is going to add as far as um, simplicity. Yeah, it'll actually,
0: you can, if you drop like .xml on, um, we're using Edge for transponder. If you drop like .xml onto one of our controllers, it actually just spits it back as XML for you. that's amazing that is truly amazing yeah it's awesome and then you can actually submit via XML and just it's crazy stuff
2: auto magical (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) right and then you guys host it so it's a great uh, great relationship I'm going to see if I can keep these uh, projects coming your way
1: we need to mention that hosting more often we can uh, it's uh, Dvorak.org slash blog (laughs) style
0: Hosting SteelPixel.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You know,
2: I, I looked at a lot of uh, alternatives out there, and uh, from listening to your Web 2.0 show, I immediately said, oh, my gosh. You know, after I looked at all these other solutions out there, I said, I, I just have to look at SteelPixel. And um, your, your plans were just so affordable. Um, I decided, okay, I'm going to try you guys out for one month. I'll see if I can just figure out how to deploy this uh, voucher application. And you guys were... So unbelievably helpful that he um, sold me. I mean, any anyone I talk to looking for Ruby on Rails uh, hosting, um, you guys have the the most phenomenal customer service. Like I mentioned earlier, you guys are available an insane amount of hours, which which <laughs> I don't know how you do it either. Um, and and your your help you I, I, I know that my questions must have been insanely frustrating at times being uh, uh, someone not familiar with Linux not familiar with Capistrano not familiar with SVN Subversion um, and and you guys walked me through every step of the process and now I'm converted I, I think between David Hanemeyer's um, uh, interview with you guys and your help on deployment. You've converted a Microsoft uh, developer to Ruby on Rails. Woohoo. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: <laughs>
2: well, thank you.
1: <laughs> One less for the dark side. <laughs>
0: awesome. All right. Well, uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention? <laughs> Any more secret projects you got going on?
2: No, <laughs> well, I think that's it for now. I think that'll. If I can just get through the Thanksgiving holidays here without a newcom I think I'll be successful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Chris.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. You guys rock. I love the show. Um, love the hosting. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs>